The views expressed on this program are solely those of the speaker and do not reflect the views and opinions of Centennial Securities. Be reminded that this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Happy Friday! Welcome to the Weekly Investment Podcast, where we discuss the week's must-know investment news and how it affects your money. I am your host, Walter. This week, we discuss inflation data, dip buying, and bank earnings. It's been another exciting week in the investment world, so let's crack right into the news. Consumer prices rose 5% year-over-year through March a welcome slowdown from recent months. However, there are still troubling signs regarding inflation, which complicates the Federal Reserve's next interest rate policy meeting. The good news regarding inflation is that interest rate increases are having the Fed's desired effect of slowing the economy and weighing down costs. Used car prices fell, energy prices dropped substantially, and food prices were flat compared with the previous month. Still, Tuesday's report underlined that inflation remains sticky. The core index, which removes food and fuel costs in its calculation to give a clearer sense of inflationary trends, actually picked up by 5.6% from a year earlier. That was up slightly from February's 5.5% increase, and it marked the first acceleration in the yearly number since September. The mixed signals in the inflation data come at a challenging time for the Federal Reserve. Fed officials are gauging how their rate increases are working as they try to balance how much more they need to do to moderate inflation while also keeping the economy afloat. Inflation is well below its peak from last year, but it remains uncomfortably above the 2% target. The Fed meets again on May 3rd, and some officials are urging caution on further rate increases, while others think that rates need to go higher to bring inflation down. The main takeaway from Tuesday's inflation report is that the data reaffirms the case for a further quarter-point hike in May, followed by a pause by the Fed afterward. Financial markets saw nothing new in the report with stocks and bonds initially moving higher before returning to where they began. On Thursday, S&P Global Market Intelligence reported that hedge funds bought stocks in the financial sector amid the banking turmoil in March, seeing last month's dip as a buying opportunity at lower prices and dismissing speculation that a significant crisis is ongoing. In all, hedge funds increased their allocation to financials by 5.5%, which raised their exposure to the sector more than any other. Citadel, one of the world's most profitable hedge funds, disclosed in a regulatory filing that it bought a 5.3% stake in Western Alliance Bank Corporation, which some see as a sign of confidence in the banking sector. 
hedge funds' investment in the banking sector came in a month when U.S. Bank Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank failed, followed by Credit Suisse's rescue. Contrary to hedge funds, traditional asset managers actually cut their allocation to financials by about 1%, but retail investors also increased their investment in banks by about 1%. Overall, the financial sector has not recovered from the losses experienced last month. The S&P Banks Industry Index, comprised of asset management and custody banks, diversified banks, and regional banks, is down about 18% year-to-date. Which takes us to our final segment. J.P. Morgan Chase, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, and PNC reported quarterly earnings today. With the panic of a month ago still weighing on the banking sector, can signs of strength be found in the giant banks? J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, and Citi's first quarter revenue grew, in part thanks to higher interest rates. Higher interest rates allow banks to earn more between what rate they gain on loans relative to what they pay for money on deposit. Investors were looking at bank earnings for signs of a softening economy. All the names that reported today upped the money set aside for loans going bad. New loan activity was also carefully observed by investors for insight into where the economy is headed. Reductions in lending would affect the economy by restricting the money available to businesses and consumers. Total loans were up 5% at J.P. Morgan from a year ago, although that number is down slightly from Q4 2022 to Q1 2023. Larger banks have, so far, weathered volatility in the sector fine. Future earnings, though, will be under intense scrutiny as banks, both big and small attempt to show how they are better positioned than their rivals in the face of a slowing economy. More bank earnings next week. More bank earnings next week when Bank of America and Goldman Sachs report on Tuesday, followed by Morgan Stanley and U.S. Bank Corp. on Wednesday. Next week, we look at Warren Buffett's international investment strategy. The Oracle of Omaha is making big moves in his investments overseas, we look at why. Join us next Friday for that and much, much more. Thank you for listening, and please have a nice weekend when you get there. Talk to you next week.